what are you going to do to be the half that's full, right? I can tell you one thing, if that's a market we're in, we're going to be in the half that's full. We're going to be doing the extra things. We're going to have great reviews. We're going to have the amenities. People are going to want to come stay at the 50%, you know, the, the ones that we have, we're in that top 50. So business is about competition in offering a service that's valuable to people. Get after it. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast, the show about buying, optimizing, and managing short-term rentals in the state of Michigan. Get insights and recommendations from vacation rental operators to help take your property to the next level. Are you ready to profit from your short-term rental? Let's get started. Welcome to the Michigan Short-Term Rentals Podcast. My name is Tony Stancato, here with my co-host, Jordan Painter. What's up, man? Man, living the dream. Yes, sir. Man, the sun's been out for like four or five days in a row now. Really liking that. Just uh, getting closer to busy season, which means money season. You know, we've been spending a lot, buying a lot, and then uh, spending a lot, getting them equipped. So looking forward to some good revenue coming in here soon. Can't come quick enough. Can't wait for June. All right. Hey, today we're going to do a little bit of a different podcast. We're actually going to skim over a couple news headlines that have to deal with short-term rentals, mid-term rentals, or just the travel industry in general. Jordan has no idea which ones I have pulled up already. So we're just going to riff on these and get some, some takes from each other on this. So hopefully enjoy it. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. If you want to hear more of these or if you're don't, don't ever do these again. That That's uh, fine too. So news article number one, Marriott beats earning estimates as hotel booking trends remain robust. What are your thoughts on that? I know I sent you a, a screenshot of that yesterday, but yeah, it sounds like the you know Marriott did better than expected based on the the robust travel demand. Now that can be a double edged sword for you know short term rental industry. What do you think? I think it's a great sign of the economy. I think there's a lot, obviously, a lot more history in the hotel chain industry than there is in short term rental. So there's a lot more data to go back on to compare it to to past numbers for sure. But I will say, just anecdotally. You know, my wife and I and our kids are looking to take a trip this spring. We actually looked at going over New Year's to Mexico and the prices are staggeringly higher than what they were for the last couple of years. So that tells me that the demand obviously is up and it's it's a lot stronger. The few places that we actually found that were within our budget, the ratings were pretty terrible, you know, and, and they were still, you know, pretty heavily booked. So definitely a lot more people traveling internationally. And uh, I think that's definitely going to be seen domestically here too. So good, good news for the industry. Yeah, absolutely. It looks like they made another a half a billion dollars more than they were expecting to in the fourth quarter or the last quarter. So uh, yeah, definitely a good thing. I know there's a lot of talk from people like, hey, people, because of all the fees and all of you know, the rules and stuff that hosts have been putting on guests, uh, everybody's going to be moving over to back to hotels. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's funny. I think in business in general, especially the short-term rental business, there's a lot of people who are getting into the industry who really have never been self-employed. They've never had to deal with customers. And it's funny, I see it for sure on just some of the social media sites and the groups that we're in, people complaining and very, 
you know, aggressive towards guests, towards the platforms. And I think there's a, there's a, just a lack of understanding of what business is about and what this business is about. And they look at it like the consumer is their enemy and they treat them that way. And so I think that's just another sign to me that if you really go at this with a heart of serving people and giving a great experience and offering extras and taking care of issues from a business standpoint, instead of, Hey, somebody's trashing my house. I think that there's going to be opportunities for the cream to rise to the top. There's definitely, again, a little bit more stability with hotels and expectations and a lot more history. But I do think that people still want privacy. People want more space. They aren't as as comfortable in a hotel setting as they, they are going to be in a house. I think there's room in the industry for all of it. But I do think that if people aren't careful about how they treat people and the experience that they provide, that it is going to have an impact on their business. Yeah. And when I look at my own travel history or how we travel, I mean, if I'm looking for an air, there's certain times where I'm looking for a Airbnb, Verbo, and there's certain times where I'm looking for a hotel and it really, you know, there's really no change in the way I operate. So if I'm looking for a place for one night or I'm just passing through, I'm not going to go get an Airbnb for one night because there is a cleaning fee. The cleaning fee is typically the price of a hotel. Now, if I'm going to travel for three or more nights, definitely looking for something Airbnb, Verbo, so that I can get in and you know we can cook our own food. We're not all cramped up. I mean, I got three kids, so staying in one hotel definitely gets a little crowded. So I don't really think you know that the competition between the two are the exact same. I think they have very different offerings. Now, can you woo some people from one to the other? Yeah, I think so. But honestly, the, the way we operate is just uh, based on these travel parameters. This is what we're going to book. So, Yeah, I think you nailed it. I, the, the, we have the this exact same travel habits. Overnight for us as consumers, the whole process of doing Airbnb is a bit more redundant. They're not necessarily as located as conveniently as the hotels are right off the expressway. So if we're traveling, we want quick and easy in and out. But I will definitely agree, you know, we've got we have three kids and they're, you know, they they range from seven to almost 17. I don't want to be sharing one big room with all three of them anymore. Those days are over. And so yeah. if it's more than if it's more than a night, man, we need we need to have some privacy. We need to have the kids separated as much as possible and keep peace in the family. And it's it's a much more enjoyable experience for everybody involved if we're able to to do that. And even with five, a couple nights in a hotel is tough. We either have to get two hotel rooms or one with a suite. And you know, so anything beyond a couple of nights is pretty comparable to the cost of just getting a, a whole house for us. Yeah. All right. Headline number two, Phoenix Airbnb manager stunned by empty units on Super Bowl weekend. Some people were tagging me on LinkedIn about this. Some people messaged me this particular article and I'll kind of go first on this. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this sounds terrible. You know, I read it. It it sounded like it was a, a property manager, had 95 units and the article was saying that half of them went unfilled for Super Bowl weekend. So I think it was either Saturday or Sunday when I came across this article and I was like, oh shoot, you know, I think the number one thing I can recommend to people and I see it, you know, there's always on social media, there's conspiracies flying around. 
do a little bit of research on your own, jump online. In this instance, what I did was I jumped onto Airbnb. I clicked entire home, did the filters. I looked, there was like no properties in Phoenix. So I'm like, where the hell is this coming from? And anybody that believes that that's to be true, you know, is true could easily just jump on and verify for themselves. Like, oh, hey, let's see how many properties there are available in Phoenix right now. And I mean, I'm, I'm not kidding. I felt like there was like less than 30 across the entire, entire Phoenix area. And the other thing is, again, going off of what we just talked about, depending on what my Super Bowl, you know, adventure looks like, Unless I'm going with a bunch of friends, you know, there's five or six of us and we're all looking to stay at a house and play poker and have a good time over a long weekend. I'm flying in and I'm going, I mean, I'm going to a a hotel, you know, if I'm going to be there a night or two, I'm going for, I'm going to get a hotel and then I'm going to fly back out. So I, I think it all comes down to kind of what's the expectations. I would love to see some data on, okay, well, how about previous you know, Super Bowls are all the Airbnbs booked up. So I don't know. I, I thought it was a little clickbaity. I didn't really believe it just based off my own research. Yeah. So good, good insight. I, I would say there, I, I would have two, two main takeaways from that. One is being in the real estate industry. I've been in for over a decade. It's always made me crazy the way that they take one small market even though Phoenix is, is, a, is a larger market, but they take one, one story from a market and they want to expound that over the universe of real estate or Airbnb or short-term rental or whatever it is and act like the sky is falling. And you know they, they do these news outlets. It's clickbait. They're trying to get people to read the story. They're trying to get people to, to talk about it and to click the link and to, to sell their advertising and all that stuff. So a lot of it, A, is, is definitely clickbaity. B, know your market. You know, I can't comment about the Phoenix market. I don't know anything about it. And I had several people send me that article too, you know, just, you know, kind of indicating that maybe they believe the sky is falling. And there has been other news stories recently about the decrease in demand and some of those things. So I'd say the one takeaway is know your market. Don't be influenced every time you see some kind of an article about the sky is is falling in the short-term rental market. And there could be very well be areas that it's oversaturated and, and some of those owners need to go away. So that's one takeaway. Number two takeaway that I heard was, hey man, you got a glass half full or you got a glass half empty. Half that dude's Airbnbs are full that weekend, right? And so what are you going to do to be the half that's full, right? I can tell you one thing, if that's a market we're in, we're going to be in the half that's full. We're going to be doing the extra things. We're going to have great reviews. We're going to have the amenities. People are going to want to come stay at the 50%, you know, the, the ones that we have we're in that top 50. So business is about competition in offering a service that's valuable to people. Get after it. All right. Last one. Marshall, Michigan is going to be the new Ford Motor Company EV battery plant. 2,500 high paying jobs come into the city, population like 7,500. What are your thoughts? I actually listened to the Wood TV 8, you know, News conference on it sounds awesome. Sounds like they're going to be investing a lot of money. I've accidentally gone to Marshall, Michigan before. Very historic looking town. Not busy, not bustling, but I think that's going to change. What are your thoughts? You know, I, I think this one comes a little more to the midterm rental standpoint, but what are your thoughts on like major construction projects over many years? Yeah, I think anytime that you're investing in 
real estate based on speculation. You have to understand that there is some risk. And so, you know, there, there are certain towns around West Michigan. I won't necessarily name them here, but I've heard speculation that their turns right around the corner, right? It's like being a Detroit Lions fan. Like next year is going to be our year. This was pretty close to the year. <laughs> Whatever. So eventually maybe you're going to strike gold with that. But some, some of those areas just haven't really, you know, turned around like people have expected. So you have, you have to be careful and have realistic expectations when you're speculating. That type of speculation in, in this case seems to be pretty solid. You know, they're going to have a lot of construction going on over the next several years. They're going to need those midterm stays. They're going to need housing for people that are coming to work towards getting those plants up and running. And then when they're up and running, they're going to need to have housing for the people that, you know, are going to be living there. So there could be a lot of different opportunities depending on what your strategy is, whether it's, you know, buy and hold and have a, you know, 250 unit apartment complex or, you know, furnishing a midterm rental for the next two or three years, really capitalizing on that demand. And then when people are moving there and the values are rising, you know, selling and cashing out, there's lots of different opportunities in a, a market like that where they're going to have that many employees. So very exciting. And, you know, I think if, if people saw that coming six months ago and bought before the announcement came out, they'd probably get a lot better deals than they're going to get now. Yeah, we drove by a battery plant, Ford battery plant down in Kentucky. And when we were driving by it, it was right off the freeway. And I, I was like, is that an airport? I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky. And look over and there's just this big airport looking facility. And I'm like, what is that? Can you Google that? And so Lindsay Googled it for me and turns out it was a battery plant. But it's like, when you see something like that and it's like, okay, well, it's out in the middle of nowhere. Where are all these contractors going to stay during the build out of this? So similar, you know, Marshall's probably not as empty as the Kentucky area that I had seen. But again, I think there's going to be a huge demand for people to come in, do work, contractors working, engineers setting up the plant, you know, and from what I could see, it wasn't like they were flush with places to stay. Battle Creek's pretty close. So that could be a good option for people to commute, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes into to work there. So, but I thought it was exciting. I thought it'll be interesting to see how Marshall, Michigan changes over the next few years. Again, they're going to put $3.5 billion into building this, uh, this facility. And I mean, there's just going to be a lot of opportunities for housing and short-term rentals and, you know, all that stuff. So I've already emailed all the surrounding townships to see what their rules and restrictions are on that. So keeping an eye out, see if we can pick something up maybe over there and do, do some midterms. Yeah. Exciting prospect. Yeah. Keep your eye out there for other opportunities like that and growing areas. And it just comes down to having that clear picture of what your your plan is and how you're going to capitalize and take advantage of opportunities like that. So definitely some exciting things happening. Absolutely. And we're going to try to do more of these. So if there's a topic, a short-term rental topic that you would like us to go over during the podcast, feel free to send them our way. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, shoot us a message, and we'll try to give our thoughts on that particular topic. And if you're not part of the Michigan Vacation Rentals 
Facebook group yet, go over there, get in the group. It's a great opportunity, great place to learn from other people that are already hosting. Or if you're a traveler looking to get some uh, good deals on some, some properties, you can also do that. It's a great place for hosts and travelers to connect and get some direct bookings and kind of cut out some of those, you know, large fees that you'll see on other platforms. So until next time. Thanks for checking out today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you get a chance, please go over to your podcast player of choice. Leave us a review. We appreciate those that have already taken the time to do so. It just helps us get discovered by more people in that platform. And if you're not on the email list yet, go over to michigan.shorttermrentals.com. Get on the email list. You're going to see it right there on the homepage. And you're going to get four very valuable emails. One's going to be a list of 650 zip codes where we've already analyzed a address and have projected revenue for that address. So you can kind of filter those and see which one is has the best projections out of those 650 zip codes. And then you're going to get a furnishing calculator. So you'll get a number for how much does it cost to furnish a four bed, two bath with a hot tub and a ping pong table. And you can use that to really project out your return on investment there. And then also a property grading tool. So you're going to be able to plug in some information like yard size, number of neighbors, amenities, the cost of the property and the projected revenue. And it's going to kick you out a letter grade. So our properties are letter grade B. So if it's B or an A, it could be a good good property to pick up. If it's less than that, you might really want to think about, is it going to be a good property? And make sure you connect with Jordan Painter and Tony Stancato on LinkedIn. Send us a connection request there and we'll make sure we accept it. And we'll talk to you later.